Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I wonder what everyone thought of that brand new theme song. Huh? You're supposed to be enthusiastic about it. Yeah! <laughs> you suck. Oh, God. I, this was my chance to stop the show, and I just didn't I know. I, I mean, I gave you, like, several outs. No, I you asked like, you, and you're like, but I like doing it with you, eyes and stuff. You're like, this is how you talk to me. Sound so, like that. Yeah, it was close. That was not no, too far No, it was off. not. Hopefully, you're hearing this show. Uh, if you're listening to Spotify... Uh, <laughs> we can no longer say wherever you can get your podcast. In some of the places you can get your podcast. Yeah. Uh, the majority of them. Yeah, so uh, th- what you heard just at the top of the show is our new theme song, and you'll be hearing uh, more of that song at the end. No more music from the movie that we're watching, because we never should have done that, but I was like, how many people are really listening and paying attention? Well, finally, people paid attention. And we got a little slap on the wrist, and hopefully it's nothing more than that. Haven't heard anything else uh, beyond the initial uh, word from Spotify uh, for a couple episodes. So, finally found something that fits, I think. So, if you enjoy it, Let congratulations. If you don't, tough Fuck titty, that's, that's what you're going to hear from now. Uh, so, yeah, it is June 9th, 2023. Today's the 8th. Is it? Today is the 8th. Oh, it's the 8th. Yeah, okay. But when it's airing, it's the 9th, so that's what I meant. If you're new, I'm slowly dying. <laughs> Aren't we all just slowly yep. dying? Because uh, I'm married to you. And that's the only thing rude. keeping me alive is watching r- random movies from a massive movie collection. So this is a diary of that slow death that you are bringing on. That I'm trying to counteract with film. Except for episodes like today when you pick the movie and you're trying to kill me quicker. Uh, Maybe that's my plan all along. Just stick to the mac and cheese. We have a lot to talk about up at the top because uh, we've been some movie going people. At least I have been. I mean, you have been as well. Kind of had a weird week at work where I've been able to work from home most of the week. Mm-hmm. It's been a little quiet, so as I've been working, I've had stuff on in the background. So I knocked out two movies at home, and then you kind of not helped me knock off a third, and then we went and saw two movies. So let's tackle. I'll tackle the stuff that I watched sure, first. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, first, uh, from lowest to, to highest, um... I was just needing something like background noise, but I didn't want to watch something I'd seen before because I'm doing a lot of that. I watched Clueless the other day. I watched Steel Magnolias the other day. I was in a. I was gonna mention something to you. But I love I... Steel Magnolias. That movie is fucking hilarious. You're uh, so it's weird. a movie from my childhood. It's my grandmother and my mom love watching it. So whatever, I don't give a fuck. Um, I watched Pretending to Be Superman, the Tony Hawk 
pro skater documentary. It was on Amazon forever, but you had to like pay for it. It was finally free. So I watched it. Um, it was like 75 minutes. It was nothing major and in every stretch of the imagination. It was fine. Not like there was anything groundbreaking with it. Um, totally innocuous documentary about a video game that was very important to me in my childhood. I played it all the time. Um, loved that game. Actually rebought it for the PS4. Actually was just getting ready to like show Jillian how to play it because she wants a skateboard. And I'm like, well, here's a video game behind it that's going to be as close as you're going to get, kid. <laughs> yeah. With her yeah, balance. With, with her, with her cl- clotziness. Yeah. So watch that. And then I watched Air, also on Amazon Prime, um, the sports dramedy written, uh, sorry, directed by Ben Affleck, starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Chris Tucker and Jason Bateman and Violet Davis about the uh, Nike Corporation signing Michael Jordan in the 80s. Uh, and it was fantastic. Was it if you, really? If you like Argo, you're getting I do like Argo. you're getting Argo, but with like much less stakes. That I think that's a yeah. So that's a good good it's, summation. It's an easier watch in terms of like the content. It's funnier. It just fucking flew by. I thought it was great. Oh, it's good. Some killer performances. Great script. Affleck directing his ass off again. Can't recommend it enough. Check out Air. Uh, the thing that you kind of watch with me, because you fell asleep during the second part, um, but you watched most of the first part, I don't remember when I started it exactly, was uh, the American Gladiators documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On Hulu, which I did not know about. You're actually the one that broke the news to me. Uh-huh. I've been behind on like my 30 for 30 knowledge, not watching a lot of live sports, because I really don't have a live team to watch at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, I knew how much American Gladiators meant to you. Oh, and yeah. I saw there was a documentary and hadn't hadn't had the pleasure of uh, being forced to sit through it. Yeah. Uh, well, you will one day because I loved it. It's immediately one of my favorite 30 for 30s. I did um, fall asleep because it was boring. Oh, no, you I fell asleep because it was late. Yeah, yeah, it was late and I also have not been feeling great this yeah. week. No, no, that's not what I meant when you feel. I just meant like yeah, you... It, to be honest... It could have gone either way. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, it could have meant anything, really. Yeah. Um, it's directed by the same guy that did the Amazing Jonathan documentary, which I talked about when I watched that um, maybe last year or the year before at this point. Um, American Gladiators was my jam. I mean, when I was three or four years old, if I wasn't watching wrestling or Darkwing Duck, I was watching American Gladiators. We went and saw the American Gladiators touring show in... Uh, it must have been the Ritual Coliseum in Cleveland. Uh, I had the video game. I had the action figures. I'm still looking for one of the action sets. That's one of the, like, my bucket, not my bucket list, but on, like, my grail item things. I don't have, like, Atlasphere or Assault or The Wall or, like, any of, like, the box sets. I just have a couple of the loose figures. Uh, so love the fucking show and got to learn and hear about the kooky guy that created and all the backstory and stuff. That was kind of wild. It was a wild show. While you're also meeting and seeing what some of the other gladiators have been doing since, dug the shit out of it. Probably my top five 30 for 30s at the end of the day. So highly recommend that one. And then we did a double feature. Did we already talk about what we watched at home? What do you mean? The Ant-Man? Yeah, we did. We did? Okay. Yeah, we did. Couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, we did. 
I can remember. Yeah, if, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we did, and if not, we watched Ant-Man, and it, was, it exists. Yep. Uh, on back-to-back days, we went and saw the two new releases that are out in theaters. Uh, on Friday night, last Friday night, we went and saw The Little Mermaid with Jillian, who loved it. She had a blast. That's all, that's all that matters. What did you think? I'm so glad that my daughter loved it. Mm-hmm. You were in full-blown tears <laughs> at the end of the movie. <laughs> Not because you were Don't make me talk happy. About Don't we make have me to talk, talk about it. We have to talk about it. So The Little Mermaid is my childhood. It means so much to me. It is... I'm going to start crying just thinking about it. Ah, I just, I adore The Little Mermaid. I, I love it. It is my favorite Disney movie, and it is just. This one we just watched? I mean, no, the animated one. It means so much to me. And as I've been with every live action remake that they've done, super apprehensive, because a very close second of my favorite Disney movies is Beauty and the Beast, which I think on this podcast we've talked about my experience with the Beauty and the Beast live action remake and how utterly disappointed I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're finding out is we shouldn't go see them anymore. That does not you're begin the, to cover. Part of the problem. That does not begin to cover how I felt about this movie. So you've, you've I asked you, and I don't think you answered me, did you? You didn't like this more than Beauty and the Beast? I. Because that's not the consensus with most people. So I can appreciate that this is a better overall movie than I think Beauty and the Beast was. Got it. But this was not... Don't say that this is Disney's The Little Mermaid. Like, call it something else. Well, no, there was Under the Sea. There was Kiss the Girl. Yeah, there was that were all part completely of your world, different songs. Oh, yeah. They, they, they were just completely took... different songs. You can't take four of the most iconic songs in film history, not even animated history... But film history, no, film history, and completely changed the tempo and the music and the crescendos and everything about it. It is completely different. And it's completely different even from the Broadway version of of it. And it's not... Who they had in the roles, it it, it wasn't about that. Mm-hmm. It it's the story was just not not the Little Mermaid. So I was upset because of that. Not not for any other reason. That. Not not the stupid reason everyone else is upset. Yeah, about the movie. that I actually. No, you're upset about the reason that everyone's upset about these movies. Is like there's no they, fucking they, point in making they them. They change it. You're just making them worse. Yeah, they're making it worse. They haven't. They have not changed these movies and made them something more special than what they they what, what the base material. What they is. should be doing, in all honesty, is making live action like sequels. Like, where does the story pick off in live action? Right. I mean, all their sequels suck, but so do these movies. It, I was in such a, the one thing okay. he takes on is I was in fucking agony. Number one. We were in a row with <laughs> half of like a giant That's the only thing little kid happy. party that literally they waited until the trailer started to waltz their way in. They're loud as shit. They have their fucking flashlights on in their phone trying to find their seats. And the mom, in two rows. the mom is the worst of them all because she's loudly barking orders 
loudly doing all this, and then she, and in the middle of the trailer, she's loudly talking to her husband next to her about what she wants to see, what's going on, what it is, and then she just took her fucking shoes off, and we're in recliners, so it's not like I just can't ignore it, thank God I, I didn't get a stench. But I just look over and I'm like, this fucking lady's feet are just hanging out next to me. And then, and then one of the bigger kids, or no, the smaller kids, couldn't make it through the movie. Five like, minutes five in. Five minutes in and came and sat there and was like, sat on top of the mom and they were just was fidgeting around, fidgeting. moving, standing up. And it was, it was agony. And so when I wasn't paying attention to that, I was being forced to watch the movie. And yeah, I, I, I hated it. I hated it. Almost all of the performances, I hated all of the new songs, particularly the thing I hated the most was the fact that this movie has also put a spotlight on the fact that Lin-Manuel Miranda is beginning to jump the shark because Scuttlebutt should be outlawed in this country. That is one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my entire life. It was written by like my favorite Broadway performer, I mean, sung by an actress that I like in a movie that I like. It just was, it, 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 just go listen to it and hear the blasphemy to film and music and Broadway and animation in your ears. It's so bad. And it just was really, it was just really unnecessary. It yeah. was unnecessary. So can, the we, can we please stop seeing these movies? No. Why? Because of Jillian. No, I will have, I don't want, because this is exactly... Why I don't want this anymore? Because afterwards, I was like, what do you think? She was like, it was great. And like, it wasn't better than the original, right? And she was like, yeah, I like this more. Sure. And I was like, no. We're, that's, that's child abuse. <laughs> she liked this more than the original Little Mermaid. So no, we're not doing it anymore. Also, the fact is now they're basically, I mean, they're doing Moana. They're doing, I'm sure, other ones. But we're, we, they've done all the bad. They've done Lion King, they've done Little Mermaid, they've done Aladdin, they've done Beauty and the Beast. They've done the Renaissance. Yeah. Movies. I mean, they're not going to do Hunchback. They're not going to do Pocahontas. They're not going to do... They'll probably end up doing fucking Tarzan. You know, but like, I don't care about those. So let's kill it, cut it. No more. I I, I can't do it anymore, man. (laughs) We're part of the problem. No more. I just, yeah. It just really... Um, It hurt me deep. I'm glad... In my soul. I'm glad we did it in the order we did it in because we did that Friday. So Saturday... And then we we went to go see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That's the name of it, right? <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, and that was the exact opposite of the Little Mermaid it was, experience. It was amazing. It was, I think, after one viewing, in all honesty, it might end up being the best animated film I've ever seen. And upon repeat viewings, it might end up being in, like, my top five or ten. I mean, we said it that about the first one. Fucking it was... This to me Great. blew the dick off of the first one, honestly. The story. I have to rewatch the first one, but the the story and the animation and the music and the performance and the way it took and, the multiverse to the next level. Well, it, it just also kept pushing it. There's definite multiversal uh, malaise going on with the MCU Absolutely. and with uh, everything, everything all at once, and other projects, you know, just popping up and focusing on it and doing it. This was definitely the most tolerable of them all. And it just, like, like literally like five or ten minutes, I was like, this is fucking incredible. Like, this is so good immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, and it just started. 
I know people. Actually, I'm not going to say anything else. Cause I don't want to sp- spoil what some people have complained about. Like some of the only complaints that people have about it. Um, I would just say go see it. You're not going to be disappointed. Our friend Justin, who's been on the show before, who basically his dad is basically Spider Man. He cried five times. <laughs> I think I cried Bless twice. You. Oh God! Do you have tissues? You're disgusting. I sneezed, and that's why you're supposed to put your hand over your sneeze so it doesn't get all over you, but now it's over my hand. That's how a sneeze works. Um, yeah, I I can't heap its praises enough. It was undoubtedly one of the best movies I've ever seen. When when Andrew Zangry, who hates superhero movies, goes out and sees it opening weekend and says it's a 10 out of 10, you know that movie is good. That's, oh, yeah. That's any argument oh, I will wow. say at the that's end of great, the day. That's a ringing endorsement. Exactly. That wow. should be on the TV trailers. Wow. Andrew Zangry said 10 out of 10. Yeah, it's it's that good. So I, I want to go see it again. We are hopefully going to, uh, well, no, we are going. Um, so a bit of crazy travel plans. Uh, I'll be in Chicago next weekend now for a wrestling show that I've been waiting 20 years to see. Um, a wrestling <laughs> match, I should say. It's not even the actual match. If the actual one-on-one match happens, I may try to go through that as well, but this is... No uh, way! Fuck off! Depends on where it is. Yo, fuck off! <laughs> that one's probably going to be like in Canada or something. Yeah, go fuck yourself. This one's I'm not doable. renewing your passport. This one's doable because of where it is and when it is. Um, You're a fucking But for Father's boy. Day, uh, we are going to take a trip out to a drive-in movie theater. Every year for Father's Day, I want to do something uh, we've never done before. So we... I mean, just having a first Father's Day counted... We did her first movie. Her first movie. Which the first is time important we went, to us, obviously. First time we went bowling. Um, you did a big, uh, a big like, uh, scavenger hunt one year. We did. We've done yeah, a bunch of was, her first wrestling show. That was, uh, that was the year of COVID, I think. I did the. Scavenger it was the year hunt. you tried to make pasta. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that's part. We of never have to talk about that again. That was the best 9:30 p.m. Chipotle I've ever had. I don't see you making pasta. No, I know my limitations. I made you a cake, and how was it? Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. When's Fuck the last you. time you made a cake? Well, the last one I made, I fucked up. That's yeah, all. exactly. Fuck. <laughs> right, it's my mom, probably that mixer. <laughs> uh, so I'm hopeful that the, the Spider-Man is part of the two-parter because uh, it's a drive-in. So obviously you're gonna they're gonna show two movies, but we're gonna go see the Flash there. I'm also hoping that the second movie they play in Flash is just the 1989 Batman. I think that'd be very fucking cool. I doubt it based on their recent trends of just them playing first-run movies. We might even stay for the second movie, depending on what it is. But we'll see. We'll figure it out. So we'll have that to talk about. Um, not next week's episode, but the week after. Next week's episode may be our guest star episode. We are going to be watching Sideways this weekend. And hopefully recording with Maddie and Rob this next weekend. Um, if not, it'll be Speed Racer. And then we got to fucking start the Fast and Furious bullshit. But uh, for now, until then... We have uh, your nominated movie to discuss. It is the uh, the the fucking rambunctious laugh fest that is the Magdalene Sisters. I I told you it was not a fun movie. Doesn't mean it's not a good movie. Go ahead and read the box. <clears throat> Hold on, let me set up because you're gonna fuck at least two of these. Oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. One of the best movies of the year, says Richard Roper, Ebert and Roper. Uh, Winner, Best Picture, Venice Film Festival. Compelling and Shocking, says Jeffrey Lyons, NBC TV. The Magdalene Sisters, based Mm -hmm. on true events. Why is that the covers? Her 
like her in the first scene being, being like, like a, a temptress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess, yeah. I don't know. Two thumbs up, says Ebert and Roper. It's not ever really good when you have like two quotes from the same critic, like on the thing. Well, they're also, I think they're just trying to show Ebert's, like how... Ebert's opinion as well. <laughs> A stirring, must-see motion picture one. <laughs> critics called one of the best films of the year. The Magdalene Sisters is the triumphant story of three extraordinary women whose courage to defy a century of injustice would inspire a nation. Abandoned by society and cast out by their families for crimes they did not commit, these women found themselves stripped of their liberty and dignity and condemned to indefinite sentences of manual labor. Within the church-run Magdalene laundries, these women were forced into unbearable institutional servitude in order to cleanse themselves of the sins of which they had been accused. From acclaimed director Peter Milan, this award-winning powerhouse not only reveals the truth behind one of the great tragedies of our time, but celebrates the bravery that would bring it to an end. Yeah, that's the second one. No. That, that, you stumbled on... I said that would bring it to an end. I didn't stumble. The most powerful film of the year, says CBS TV. I'm pretty sure it's probably Mullen as well, because all the rest of that was so whatever. I'll let it slide just on the first one. So just one. Okay. Update my list. So I'm back up three. Um, yes. Sweet. So why the fuck did you nominate this movie? So I, I like this movie. So... This movie came out in 20, 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I saw this... My mom and I watched this, I think, pretty close to when it came out. I don't know. I just remember how like powerful it was and how moving it was. And we'd have to watch it eventually. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to nominate. I'm just going to nominate this. Because it's always been on my list. Because I... I've always wanted to watch it again to like, you know. It's only the second time you've seen it? Yeah, yeah. It's been like 21 years, so I'm like, oh, let me remember a little bit about it. So you watched this when you were in high school? Yeah. Good lord. Yeah, I'm cultured. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. So tell me what you thought, because I can, I can tell uh, you weren't a fan. So, I'm not a fan. Mm. I can I can appreciate and understand the story that's being told, and I can appreciate and understand the some of the performances and you know the the entire package of the movie put together. This just to me like crosses a line at a certain point of like we we have to. T- I'm fine telling the story, of course, but goddamn, it it's. It's hard to get through. <laughs> it is rough. How you think it? How do you think these women felt? Uh, sure, how sure. How do you think the people of yeah, so, uh, This I'm took a, place. I'm not asking for newsies here. Like you know, I, I get it. But... This took place in 1964. I know this, this took place like. This took place like within the last 50 years. Yeah, yeah I, I get That's that. That's insane. Nuts. That's nuts. And so when I watched this 20 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. it was, oh, this happened, like, this was happening, like, right when my mom was born, you know? So, like, it was even closer in time. So, so I think that was also part of it. And I think I was also learning about, like, um, the Irish, uh, like, 
in history class. Mm-hmm. You know, like how like the potato famines and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so like you know because this is about like the Irish and also the Catholic. Um, you know, we my my mom and I watched it. Um, Fair enough. Kind of take took it to that next level. Look, it's incredibly well made, to to a certain extent. It's a tragic story that deserves to be told. It's just not for me. Sure, and, just, and, and it, I think I mean, it, and it's it just have to be. it's just too much. I it's there's a level of craftsmanship that you need all around for this type of story to transcend the sorrow. Schindler's List is the first example I think of. Of you have Steven Spielberg, the best director and on the planet at that time, and still arguably of all time, um, doing that story. Of course, that is not a happy-go-lucky, ha-ha, rewatchable movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it is still one of the best movies ever made, and mm-hmm. it's still leaps and bounds better than this because they understand how to grab you as an audience member and keep you with that story and keep you feeling like I wasn't moved to tears by this. I wasn't moved to emotion by this. I was kind of wanting this to be over because it was just kind of more documenting what happened as opposed to telling the story. I didn't like the lack of a through line of like kind of telling us what was happening in the story. It wasn't, I, I didn't get a sense of the bigger picture. It was just, you see all three of these girls doing no fault. One, there's a rape in this movie within five minutes. And I'm like, Samantha Ashley, Jesus Christ. I, well, I forgot. And then one girl is literally just considered to be a hoe. Yeah. Just flirting with guys. And then the one girl has a child out of wedlock, correct? Yes. And that's what they get. And then they're just well, sent to right, this. But they're uber Catholic. Yes, it's the, it's the religious like overtones of it all. Uber, uber yeah. Catholic. Like they're, they're, Irish Catholic. They're sent to basically, you know, this church-run, reformary, servitude laundromat. Yeah. It, and, it, yeah. and that's it. Like, there's... And then it's just... Literally ninety minutes of, of torture. Their life over four years. It's ninety minutes of torture yeah. that they experience, which in turn we are privy to. Yep. And there's no moments of levity. There's no moments of brevity. There are some excruciatingly long stretches of contemplation and escape attempts and beatings and sexual things that are just uh, it's it's a rough hang man it's a rough fucking hang um and it sucks to know that this actually happened yeah <laughs> that's that's the other thing that right it's hard again like a movie like Schindler's List or this is what I think of this is what I was thinking when I watch this movie in high school in Junior year, uh, my so my f- one, first of two uh, state thespian competitions, there would be a main stages. So schools all around Florida would put on their two act plays, uh, get adjudicated, and the best ones would uh, get to perform at states. And our first year, there was always like three a night. So you get to pick and choose which ones you wanted to go to. Um, 
the two we went to go fucking see were Sugar, the initial Some Like It Hot musical, which was terrible. Mm. And then the other two, like, we got there late, so we couldn't get to, so we had to go see Nine Arminians. It was a two-act play mm. about the Arminian genocide. Mm. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, three hours. Oh, wow. The actors weren't great, but also the story was so fucking boring. And great story, great cause, you know, like shine a light on something. Didn't fucking matter, didn't fucking care because it was so fucking drab and so fucking bad. It was literally that bad that we left the show and we went to our teacher and we go, we're at the very least putting a show up because there's no way that anything we do is worse than that. And of course that year it, it was like amazing. We ran up against like a raisin in the sun and it was like still the best live show I think I've ever seen in my life just from a high school performance. Um, but you know, that story, you gotta do it the right way to uh, a movie. Doesn't always have to Not be inter- turn people off. A movie doesn't always have to be entertaining. A movie at the very least should remind you that it's a movie throughout the entire thing. Does that make sense? Like, at certain points, I felt like this was just like a documentary. And I was like, if it's a documentary, that's fine, because at least I'm going to get broken it up with, like, interviews with people talking about how this happened in the past. And, you know, I'd rather see still clips or newspaper articles or whatever from it and not recreations of this awful shit. Yeah. No, um, I, I totally I totally get that point of view. I understand that. Yeah, so that's so that's where I struggled. Yeah, I think also, you know, part of this is the introduction of like the washing machines and how like all of that lessened the need for these, you know, girls to be the workhorses and doing the laundries and everything. Um and then, like, obviously, like, the religious freedoms that Ireland went through um, shortly thereafter. Obviously, it's still a predominantly Catholic country, but but maybe not as crazy as, yeah. you know, this film depicts. Um, so I would have appreciated more of a... The, the back of the box talks about, like, the bravery and courage they had to, like, bri- buck the system, break out of it, right? Which, you don't get a lot. Of, you just right, get, you don't get a lot of you that. You just get them suffering. You get a lot of the suffering. And, and bickering. Then, and then at the end, you get one is freed by her, like, one's brother comes and gets her out. And she's still pissed off about him because it took four years. Right, and then... So there's still not even, like, a moment of, like, victory there. Right, there's not victory there. And then two of them run away and escape. And again, not really victory. There's not really closure, which... I know that these women probably didn't get closure. They're probably all still alive, a a large chunk of them. If they're like 18 here. Yeah. Well, so. That's 50 years ago, man. They're going to be like. The little bit of research I did through Wikipedia and IMDb, some of the factual accuracies of the film have been questioned. Not necessarily, you know, did this happen, but these specific women in these specific cases. So, of course. There's these are probably, ama- probably like these are probably amalgamations of several different women's and situations dramatized for the purpose of making a, a movie. Absolutely, a movie. but um, do I doubt that? Oh, you of know, course, someone not. got raped by their cousin, or someone has somebody out of wedlock. Yeah, and their family didn't believe them. Some, and, you or know. the priest raped some of the girls in there. Yeah, no, I don't doubt not. any of that. Um, but those, but to your you you nail hit the nail on the head. 
there's not the normal movie arc of, aha, and there's the comeuppance, and they get right. shut down. It's like, one woman gets saved and is still fucking traumatized sour. and sour yeah. about the whole situation. One, one, of, the, be, one really. of the two girls who escapes really takes a backseat throughout most of the film. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, because also they had, a couple of them had two names. Uh, I forgot who that girl was about an hour and ten minutes in the movie. I was like, wait, I thought her name was Patricia. Wait, it's Rose? Oh, no, that is Patricia. Right, I, but but her real name is Rose, but they call her Patricia because they already had a Rose. But yeah. she was also, also... It, She's also a bad actress. She was, she was they, on my list they of OEPs. did a they did a good job of, like, having, um, having it show how it's, like, these different personalities and, like, kind of the way that these women are brought up to, to behave. They are a little bit more, um, like, reserved and, like, introverted. Yeah. She was, like, a super introvert. Like, even when she spoke, I couldn't understand what she was saying because right. she, like, would whisper. Yeah. And then the other girl who escapes is kind of, is, is, like, the promiscuous one earlier on, and she has a weird arc of being really shrouded in the darkness of the situation, and at times you feel like she's going to become another antagonist. Right, is she really, like lashes out. Really ambiguous character in terms of... Is she good? Is she bad? Yeah, like, so like it's hard to like... Root for be her. like, yeah, yeah, by the end of it. And Absolutely. then the one character, Crispina... Uh, who's not? Uh, she was already there when they got there. Who's basically she's a a, a borderline, woman who's yeah. borderline on the spectrum, probably, or has some kind of mental health issue to the point where you know it's hard for her to function in society. But she still has the love and support of her family that are visiting her, um, at least from afar through right through, through the gate. gate yeah, um, she basically can't take it anymore, and then she's. You know, in the epilogue, which I'm tired of these fucking, oh yeah, fucking epilogues. No wonder J.K. Rowling did it, because uh, everyone's fucking done it in every other fucking thing. Uh, you know, she's as a lost cause, and she dies of anorexia, and it's like cool, great. I'm glad we saved her for the end too, so that way it's you know the nice happy ending. Yeah. Um, but there are moments that I enjoyed in terms of hitting the beats of a movie that it would hit. hit so. The first time Bernadette, who's the promiscuous one, tries to escape on uh, her capture and how she's basically, her hair's all cut up and she's oh, kind of yeah. tortured. And the, the blood dripping. Yeah, the blood dripping and the way that it's shot and it's, her wallowing in it. That's good. Yeah, and from I, a, I like that It's scene. still rough as shit. Oh, absolutely. But I think it was um, visually yeah. um, and like, you know, it, it kind of brought a little bit more emotion behind it and everything. Yep. Um, then there's the fucking morbid and totally awful fucking game they play when everyone's nude and the nuns are just giving out awards like biggest breasts and biggest bottom and most hair and it's like oh it's it's so fucking hard to watch it really is because it's just awful it's just awful shit and to me there's a so the front of the box is compelling and shocking it's never exploitative to me because they're trying to honor and tell the stories of the women. I agree. There's still a line to me where you have to make up your mind in like a historical drama of what you're going to do. Like you can do that kind of thing to me in like 
a demented horror movie. You can do that kind of thing maybe in like a black comedy. But in this, I just, uh, you, you gotta give people something. You gotta give people, if you're gonna make it two hours, you gotta give people fucking hope. You gotta give people, mm. you know, something. And then you follow it up with some of the stuff I didn't necessarily like about the movie. Like all the St. Christopher stuff with Crispina's necklace and what happened to it. And like the reveal was just Bernadette and kind of the execution of the the argument and the fighting around it and everyone's reaction. It was just a big swing and a miss for me. Totally, that was totally unnecessary. You could have plucked that whole 15 minutes out of the movie and would have been a much better movie because now it's an hour and 40 minutes as opposed to two hours and you're just padding the runtime with character stuff that doesn't do anything. Guffins. That, you know, just help kind of move the story along. You'll never hear me ask this often. How many swerves you got over there, bud? Oh, 19. Cool. 19 of them. Do you want to hear what no, they No, 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 no. I don't One wanna... of them was about her sucking his dick. Crispina sucking the priest's dick. <laughs> Ashley, come on. Have what? Some, have some decorum here. What would you say happened there? Ha- you, you don't. You can. You can flower it up, and then ha- not I, have I it liked, be as vulgar as I possible. Liked, I so liked, when the guy blows cigarette smoke into the vagina, <laughs> <laughs> when he when he puffs some smoke into her cooter, like. So I used to smoke a pack a day for what six years. Sure. You know, sure. I never did that. Lost opportunity. <laughs> That's been all for this week's episode. Well, I never smoked inside. I could probably count on one hand the amount of times I smoked inside in my life. It would just be like bars. It would just be uh, the one time we smoked in the apartment for a movie Rich made. Um, yeah, I think that was literally the only time I ever smoked indoors. Mm-hmm. So very, very rarely. So lost opportunity. And you're not going to be outside without any pants on mm. for me to do it. Also, does that I affect mean, anything? I don't know. Can you, I don't know. Can you pussy get affected by second is that a thing? Look it up. <laughs> no, I'm not going to Google that. <laughs> Just don't have it on images. Um, Gross. But my favorite scene in the movie, my favorite part of the movie, is uh, the you are not a man of God scene. I, I, yep, yeah, that, that, I was just going to say that. Yeah. I was like, I did like, you know, the whole buildup of Margaret going in, finding the, the poison ivy or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and like washing it with the clothes, and then the rash, and then... That kind of reveals what has been happening. I also liked it because it it is for a for a snippet like a moment of humor in the movie of the yeah. priest getting comeuppance and in real time seeing his reaction, and everything, and getting embarrassed in front of everybody. And you see a couple of the reactions from the girls, and it's like, oh, this maybe this is where it's going to start. And then Crispina, you know, has the reveal of that she's got it too, obviously, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Of, of the relations they've been having. And then her just repeatedly lashing out what felt like maybe 50 times. Some astronomical number. It was just at least two dozen times. Bellowing, you were not a man of God of at him as he's across the field. I thought that scene naked, was, trying to like feel better. I thought better. that scene was great. And then that the reaction of all the people... All the the people who weren't affiliated with the with the church, yeah, their reactions, the nuns' reactions. I mean, I thought it was just really well done and well shot. Yeah, um, and then the movie uh, from there, things wrap up kind of soon afterwards, and 
there's some good like there the escape that we kind of reference is suspenseful and well done, but there's just a lot of stuff beforehand that bogs it down. Like you want to root for Bernadette, and then she's just being a bitch to this old lady who's dying beforehand. That you're wait and you don't know who this old lady is. We have no emotional connection to her at all. Well, we saw her in like one scene. Sure, that was it. It's the same thing with the Una character. You see the Una character earlier one on. One scene, yeah. Like one scene of her getting her hair cut and getting you know lambasted by uh, Sister Bridget, and then later she's towing the line and being a good soldier. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah. there's no there's no cohesion for that moment to become. You know, if you see a little a bit catalyst more... catalyst of anything. Yeah, yeah. The catalyst for something, if you see it happen through a couple other scenes, that moment later on gives you more of a spark and instead of me having to be like, was that the... She had a weird name, Una. Okay, that's the woman who got her hair cut. Mm-hmm. You know, this... Then, you know, okay, so now she's on their side? Why? Um, so that bogs it down. And then, like I said, the still frame wrap-ups of just, they, you know, them escaping and, you know, the two that have escaped separating... And you seeing what's happened to the four women via text and then a final scrawl. Which, did you notice in the final scrawl, it had a, a list of names. Uh, were those names the women that were in the laundries, I'm assuming? I think that's And not correct. like the, not people that were like the nuns or the people that were torturing, right? I think that's okay. correct. Because one of, I saw Noreen on the list. Makes sense. And that's why I was Not curious. Like, no, but I mean, like, that's kind of like an older name. Sure. I mean, that's my I grandmother wish. heard it in a movie, and that's... And what she, movie? Like, that, I don't do it know. For the show. I, I think my mom probably knows. Um, She'd do it for the show. But I, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Um, so, so, yeah, it's... What is Rabbit Proof Fence about? Just to see if I made the wrong decision. The Aborigines in Australia. And it's like the same thing, almost? No, not in that kind of, it's not a happy movie either. What happens to the Aborigines in Australia? What it, uh, Do you know anything about Aborigines in Australia? I know they're in Australia. Do you know anything else about them? Uh, boomerangs and blokes, eh? Do you, you know kind of like what happened to the Native Americans here? Yeah. Kind of similar. Oh, cool. I should have picked that then. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, do you have anything else before we get an MVP and LVP? No. Right. No, I think we covered everything. MVP and LVP. Where do you want to start? Um, let's start with LVP. Where I think I, we already touched on it a bit. I already put one person up. I did not like the actors that played Rose slash Patricia. Even before... So the, the three initial scenes of the girls... You know, they're, they're stylized a little bit because you get texts as to who they are, like little mini chapters. And the first one you get is Margaret. Is that her name, I believe? Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl who gets raped by her cousin mm-hmm. at a wedding, I think they're at? Or some kind of... Yeah, some kind of Some kind event. of family function. I think it's a wedding. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty, you know, pretty bare bones, normal. And then you see Bernadette, who she's literally just at school or somewhere where she's getting verbally shouted at by a group of men and she's kind of playing it up and teasing them and toying them a little bit. She's, you know, sent off. And then Rose is just, she's just had the baby out of wedlock, correct? Yeah, like she just had it. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they take the child away and it's a reaction to it. She's really melodramatic. And in a movie like this, you got to kind of bring it for me to buy into your shit. 
yeah. or else you're gonna hurt a lot more. Exactly. And she wasn't. And then I think because of that, I, I can't I don't know this for sure. Like I said earlier, she's just not really She's not compelling in any way. She's not compelling and she wasn't compelling in any way. She, she not, in any and so way. because of that, her character falls to the wayside from everybody else. Um yeah. so she's probably my vote. I did want to throw up the actress that plays Sister Bridget as well. As the LVP? Yes. Really? I did not buy her as this I big did. evil. I thought she was just really boring. I thought she was way too middle of the road. She never really heightened her her anger. I or think her... that that's what was scary about so it. So to me, though. it was so. But no, that wasn't scary. Me to me, that was a missed opportunity, and I thought it was monotone. I didn't necessarily hear her to be like screeching, shouting, like fucking uh, the drill instructor in Full Metal Jacket. But I at least wanted to get a sense of like more foreboding danger or more of like a two-faced, double-sided, like the little bit, full disclosure, our DVD kind of messed up a little bit yeah. at uh, a small section where she was talking about how much she likes film. And I thought that was maybe like the closest opportunity you would have gotten to her kind of double sided nature because she's presenting this to right, this this front to to the archbishop right. Um, but even in the little snippet that we saw, I I wasn't I just wasn't a fan. Um, just didn't just didn't connect with me. Didn't buy it. If she'd been a little more damaged, I think I would have liked the movie more because. I felt it would have been a little bit more fictionalized. And in that, I could have suspended my disbelief a little bit and been at least waiting for this villain to get their comeuppance or, or do something. So wasn't the biggest fan of her. I'm guessing she was on your MVP list. Yeah. yeah. I thought she did a really great job of being that like menacing force without having to be overbearing or anything like that. And I think that's part. some of that's the scariest. Like when when they do have that you know, mostly serene disposition, mm-hmm. but it's, it is not. And then just her delivery on some of the lines, I thought the character was really well written with like the like scathing, like cutting remarks to the girls sure. and the delivery of it. It was just so nonchalant in her delivery in a way that I thought was really well done. Cause it was just like, having a conversation just like we're doing now, but she's calling them idiots and saying, oh, was it too many syllables in that sentence? But like her not changing and making her, like not changing to like a condescending tone or anything like that. I thought I just really enjoyed that uh, take on that, like a villain character. See, nonchalant's the perfect word for me to verbalize why I didn't like it. Because okay. it was too nonchalant for me. I, there should have been... You're saying there should have been something. Yes, there should have been a reason or an impetus or uh, something to it to make it hit harder with me. It just didn't happen. So we'll go, we'll go with the actress that plays Patricia slash Rose. Uh, Dorothy Duffy is the actress. Uh, don't think she ever was in anything else. I don't think a lot of these women were. That kind of makes sense. Um, So Dorothy Duffy will be the LVP of the Magdalene Sisters. Who do you have for MVP? I'm not going to give you a Sister Bridget. No, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I think obviously uh, Bernadette. Yeah. 
I mean, I think she had the most to do. She's also incredibly charismatic. Super charismatic. From that, from that first scene of her, you know, that, that's a make or break moment of the, the other two girls get a lot of time in their world and their deal. And they also have traumatic things happen right, to them. Whereas gets, Bernadette. Right. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't do anything she except be good looking and flirt a little bit. Right. She and, just is. And she has to, but she's so good at it. That I can imagine I get in it. 1964 I get it. that being terrifying to ultra religious people Absolutely. and being dangerous at that point. I and totally get it. From there in. Then she she has those ups and downs that you talked about. She she borderline is a villain when she is like stealing that St. Christopher's when she's mm-hmm. talking to the lady, uh, yeah. the old lady and everything. But then she she is still But she's still doing it in a very innocent. She she's also like scared and traumatized and she's lashing out and I think she has the most to do. I think she handles it really well. I think she does great. She, um, the actress, Nora June, Nora Jane Noon was actually named one of the 50 greatest, uh, Irish actors of all time, um, back in 2020. So that's, that's something for you there. I also want to give a shout out to the actress that played Crispina, um, because Mm -hmm. of that, um, uh, you're not a man of God scene and just kind of some mm-hmm. of the played up. I ultimately would still go with Bernadette. I mean this in as nice and as non-offensive of a be, way yeah, as possible. Okay. Whatever you're going to say is going to be offensive. No, no, no. I, I think in the context of the movie, it's fine. She simple jacked it a little bit too much. Oh my God. Does that make, but do you know what I she mean? She went like, full? She didn't go full, but she still went a little bit too much for me in mm. a couple parts. Okay. And I was like, eh. I'd rather it have been a little bit more ambiguous because then you feel for her more. Sure. That's, again, still sounded wrong. I was like, well, she's a little too stupid, so whatever. You know, put her somewhere. That's not what I meant. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, no, I think the answer is Bernadette. Yeah, and I so, don't think anyone else other than Margaret had had enough to do. No, there, there's a lot of interchangeable girls and a lot of interchangeable nuns that... To be to be candid, I was just like, uh, "Is this movie over yet?" For me to really hunker in on yeah, yeah. you know the nuances of sure. what they were doing. So uh, so Nora Jane Noon will be the MVP of the Magdalene Sisters. Um, anything else? Cool. No, no, not not at all. This, <laughs> this was. Uh, this was something. This was this was. But look, now you know. Painful. This happened. If it was painful for you, imagine how it was like for those you women. Could, you could have sent me an article <laughs> or something more. You wouldn't read it. The length. No, you're right. Uh, the the length and just the yeah, amount that's could have piled been, on. It could have been tightened up. I think that your comparison of the t- type of topic um, with like how Schindler's List was done. Which is, you know, uh, lauded as one of the, like the greatest movies ever made, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like that's an easy topic either, you know. Arguably, in my opinion, it's worse mm-hmm. uh, from a relatability sure. standpoint. And here's the um, thing: this sort of thing is still happening in some absolutely, stretches. absolutely. All the conversion therapies Burn that they mind. have absolutely happens. Yeah. All these abortion laws and everything is only going to make shit like this happen worse. The fact that this was, like you said, taking place 
as like less than fifty as like years the ago. Beatles are happening, and is like fucking. We have your mom was cable television. This was happening, and your mom was a teenager. It's funny enough to do it. Thank God, she wasn't in Ireland. My grandmother would have sent her in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, so let's score it, huh? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't listened to the show in a while, so I'm gonna listen to the Magdalene Separate episode. No, it's like it's like the parishes in Jumanji. No, don't go skiing, mom. Oh fucking hell! I'm on a bike right now outside. Can I just say uh, I was gonna wait until we talk about the Fast and Furious episode. One night, I'm gonna go outside at like one one fifteen, one thirty in the morning. <laughs> And find whoever's fucking street racing outside my house. Have you heard it before? I've been working up by it. it every night. I have to turn my air my earpods all the way up. Is it just one fucking guy on the way back to work? Or something? I guess. And we we live and they're doing it. I think on the school side because it's. Oh yeah, no, yeah, they're one hundred percent doing it on um, the street. On the street behind us. Yeah, the street behind us that goes out to the other the other entrance. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which the school is. Yeah. On that street. I mean, let's be fair. It's a good place to do it. It's quiet out here. Like, they have the right idea. I'm just an old curmudgeon now that's like, don't make your loud motorcycle signs in the back of my house. Yeah. Yeah, I'm awake, but I don't want to hear it. So, you know. Uh, I don't even know how I... Oh, because it just happened, and I thought it was my mother coming <laughs> to beat me up saying that she'd have been put in a indentured servitude in the 60s. <laughs> uh, uh, you nominated it, I scored it first. It's an incredibly hard movie to score because I didn't enjoy it at all and I have to give it some credit for its artistic merit. Um, but I don't think it did it in the way that I would do it. So I really liken this, in my opinion, to a way back episode when we did Bonnie and Clyde very early, maybe with the first 23 episodes mm, we did. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I just can't hammer this one down. I so can see that. I'm giving it a five. I knew you were going to give it a five. Because I just, I, I can't make a decision one way or another. I think that's the fairest thing for me to do for this movie. I'm giving it okay, a five. Okay, I think that's fair. And I mean, I, you know, saw this movie before and I have clear memories of this and Robert Prefence both came out in the same year, by the way. Oh, great. Um, I'm sure your mom, your mom and you had a great time. Yeah, we did. But, uh, you know, it's just that my mom and I did a lot of stuff. It was always just, like, me and my mom growing up, yeah. obviously. Like, I, she was a single parent. Like, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents and my aunt. But, you know, I don't know why these two movies just stick with me and stick in my brain. And, like, you know, I just always remember them. Um, and I think that that says something about it. I think it... I think that being able to tackle this subject, even if, you know, it was, wasn't done in, like, the most perfect way, I think still deserves some merit. Um, and I overall, I like the movies. I, I appreciate the story that they told. I'm going to give it a seven. Seven to a six. A six overall for, for Magdalene okay. Sisters. We watched this yesterday, right? The yeah, I'm a seventh. Okay, so a six for the Magdalene Sisters. Um, do you know off the top of your hand what we did, uh, what the Devil Knows Your Dead got? It was five and a half, right? Yes, it was I a never, five and a half. I never added it. To a the six, a five, place. and a five. And what, what day do we watch before the Devil Knows Your Dead? Do you have it? Five thirty-one. Five thirty-one. Thank you. Still getting used to all this gosh darn technology. It um it also had a uh, twenty-eight swerves in it. I'm not keeping track of that, oh. and I hope you burn in hell. 
Uh, <laughs> um, so I get to nominate now, correct? Yeah. Look, if you're going to torture me. Oh, no, I should have thought this through. I'm going to torture you in a totally different way. Oh, no, please don't. Because it has been way too long since we've watched a really, really bad movie. And what better bad movie to watch than bad killer animal movies? Uh, Your choices are Sharknado and... Don't, no, we own multiple Sharknado movies. No, we do not. Check the list. We own one. For reason, because if we do the movie, I will talk about why I don't agree with the rest of it. Your choices are Sharknado and Birdemic. You're an asshole. <laughs> Also, I know they're short, I know they'll be easy to watch, and we may need that as we have 10 Fast and the Furious movies coming up, and you're out of town, I'm out of town, we got a lot going on, so I'd rather have something like that in the queue. I checked beforehand, there's only one Whatever, Sharknado. you're such an asshole. Sharknado or Birdemic. Uh, this is hard for me, because I don't really want to watch... Either movie. Can I tell you one fact that'll probably sway you? In no, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Tara Rita's in Sharknado, so we're gonna watch Birdemic. Thank yes, you. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> Woo! You're I gonna regret that. that. You, <laughs> I can't believe you you didn't think that I knew that. Uh, just in case, just in case. How much do you know about Tara Reid? I hate her. <laughs> I know you do. Know everything about her. Birdemic. Avoid her. Oh, you're not ready. And I will also request when we watch Birdemic. No. It doesn't have to be for the podcast, but at the very least, we watch it again, but we watch the riff tracks, Birdemic. Because it's maybe my favorite riff tracks. It's fucking hysterical. Why are you laughingly drinking your drink? I'm mad at you. Oh, I'm so happy with myself. So Birdemic is coming up, uh, prob- hopefully after Sideways and Speed Racer. Uh, but maybe before some of the Fast and the Furious movies. We may have to, like, do fat. So the way I'm going to break down those, the, those podcasts, by the way, is we're going to do the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, and the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift on one, because that's the original series. Then we're going to do Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast Six, and Furious Seven in one episode, because that's when Paul Walker dies. And then we're going to do Fate of the Furious, F9, and Hobbs and Shaw on the other one. I think that's the best way to do it. What about F10? Well, it's not out, and we don't have it yet, so... It'll probably be out by the time we get to it. <laughs> it won't. <laughs> if it's out by the time we get to it, we have to add it in. We're not. We're going to have... Hopefully, we'll have those done by the middle of July, is the goal. It's a fast fucking summer, baby. Fucking hate you. I hate... Me too. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. No, I think most, still. Most places that you get your podcast. Most uh, as of, podcast as of, places. As of press date, everything was still available. We just don't have access to our side of Spotify. Um, but hopefully that will get resolved very, very soon. ArcadeAudio.net uh, also has some of our other podcasts and our network of shows, including Podswoggle, which uh, by the time you're hearing this... A wrestling podcast with entertainment. By the time you're hearing this, we have uh, what is now officially going to be a quarterly thing. Uh, four times a year, we're going to do a big-ass game show. I got to listen to you. 
yell shit over there and yell wake up our daughter four times a year now darn right because it was one of the best nights i've had in quite some time i guess it's better than weekly weekly yeah we had an absolute blast a big three-hour game episode all kinds of fun there a lot of surprises even if you don't like wrestling enjoy the camaraderie of five friends uh talking about some some nonsense patreon.com slash arcade audio for bonus content Facebook.com slash MarriedMovies at MarriedWMovies on Twitter, MarriedMovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, at your host, Malt38 on Instagram. For you. At Jam with your Sam. Also for me, uh, your retro wrestling diary, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle, where this week's episode is WCW Sold Out 1998, a show that features the beginning of Scott Steiner's heel turn, uh, the first pay-per-view appearance of heel Chris Jericho, and a show where Kevin Nash almost killed the big show. Ah, sounds like it's And Bret Hart's first WCW match. Oh, cool. Yeah, all kinds of fun stuff there. Um, a lot more fun than the Magdalene Sisters. Mm-hmm. Anything else? I think we covered it. Very good. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. See the difference. You, like, depress me with, like, something that actually happened. And I pick a movie about uh, what killer What will birds. happen... What will happen in the future if we don't take care of global warming? What this almost, is going to be a super political podcast. What almost happened to you at Epcot getting... Shut the m- fuck up. Tacos. We're going to have to fucking talk about that again. I'm going to have to relive this terrifying moment in my life. I hate I, I hate to tell you, we're going to have way too much to talk about <laughs> once you watch this fucking movie. This is, without question, this is a basically, if you don't know about Birdemic... This is basically a Neil Breen movie without Neil Breen. I mean, then I'm not interested. Don't tell me a Neil Breen movie without Neil Breen. One day I will actually plunk the money down to Mm. get one of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it'll be the worst moment in my life. Yeah, because I'll pay $25 for it. (laughs) You just can only get him through him. The man's smart. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.